0: What's going on, Hogline Nation? Welcome back to the Hogline podcast. You are listening to the 220th episode of the podcast. Welcome back, folks. I'm joined today by Jack and Shreff. As always, today's going to be a little bit of a shorter episode. Uh, the NFL season, as you guys know, has uh, the regular season has just concluded on Sunday night, and today's episode, as you can see from the title. Is all about the Pittsburgh Steelers and the season that it was. And oh my, it was a season. Uh, One that we're surely not to forget for a long time. And I'm excited to talk about it because there is, I think there's a decent amount to talk about and what the prospects look like going forward as we move into 2023. Because as we know and as we've reiterated on this show, the 2022 season is uh, just a setup for 2023 and beyond. Um, so I don't know. We don't have a a structure really for this episode. We're kind of just going to have a um, off-the-cuff kind of conversation about the Steelers and kind of the state of the franchise right now. Uh, I guess I can, before we get into it, kind of just recap what happened on, in Week 18. I think that's a good natural place to start. Uh and if, if you weren't aware, Steelers, with the Week 17 win against the Ravens, kept uh, our playoff aspirations alive. Uh, but we needed some help to not control our own destiny. Steelers needed a win uh, Week 18 against the Browns at home. That did happen uh, by a score twenty eight to 14 keeping Mike Tomlin's remarkable streak of non-losing seasons alive into 16. So... An incredible feat. I feel like the players, if not if we couldn't make the playoffs, I feel like they took solace in the fact that they kept the streak alive and they were happy to do so and, and grateful that they did. Um so we took care of business. The Bills needed to beat the Patriots and they did. I don't remember the exact score. I think it was by twelve, I think it was thirty-five to twenty three if I believe. Uh, that game was close for a while Bills kind of pulled away at the end thanks to two kickoff returns by Naheem Hines that was pretty crazy and um they they have a lot of positive momentum going into the playoffs now and uh, Demar Hamlin as well is in, is in seems like he's in he's recovering uh, better than expected which is a very very good sign um so and they definitely really wanted to win that one for him However, the game that did not go the Steelers' way, which is very frustrating, was the Miami Dolphins defeated the New York Jets nine to six, and uh, I I don't know how you guys were watching on Sunday, but I went over my friend's house and uh, we had three TVs up. It was the, all the three games the Steelers needed, and that game, you know, they're Bills fans. i obviously we're Steelers fans. Uh, so that Bills, sorry, excuse me, that Jets Dolphins game was on the side TV, uh, and we were right to put it there because it was it was a heaping pile of garbage.
1: It's a Stinker. Uh,
0: Skylar Thompson versus Joe Flacco, uh, and it came down to a field goal by Jason Sanders uh, with about I think there was probably about fifteen ish seconds left, and that uh, all but sealed it for the Steelers. Actually, technically, the score I think was eleven to six because that last play, the
2: so it was eleven to six.
0: The Dolphins I, got that safety. I remember it was my, someone, who yeah,
1: had Jets plus three and a half. Uh,
0: yeah, my friend did as well. The person I was watching the game with. So, yeah, bad beat there, uh, but tough one because you know it, it was right there. Uh, that game really could have gone either way because both teams had putrid offenses, and it was really just a crapshoot. Um, but I guess I'll start with Jack. What What were you thinking, watching that? Like at any like, at what point did you think, "Oh, it's not going to happen anymore"? And did you have faith all the way up until the end?
2: About the Dolphins game,
0: just all three in general. Just kind of, you know, watching the Steelers game, but also keeping an eye on the other two. And just tell me about, I guess, your experience in Week 18 and what you thought of everything as it was happening simultaneously.
2: I was never like. Had the feeling of like, oh, this is gonna happen, because the Jets, I don't believe, ever had a lead. It was tied for a lot of the game, but never had a lead. And I was just thinking, like, I can't trust Joe Flacco to get us in the playoffs. So, like, I wasn't like, optim like, too optimistic, but like, I was, I was hopeful, I guess. Um, but like, even after the Dolphins won. I wasn't really that upset missing the playoffs. Um What well, I would probably be disappointed if we lost and that's how we didn't get in. But um no, I wasn't upset missing the playoffs with the, with the way everything unfolded on Sunday with Week 18. Uh largely because like this wasn't playoffs weren't the expectation going into the season. Um and also I mean, the playoffs were right there, despite everything we were we were dealt with. And I hate when people or fans complain about injuries. And I've said it for many times on here, but we have T.J. Watt miss half the season, and Kenny missed the Ravens game. And we just need one, of, like one of four winnable games, to go our way, with a fully healthy, not a fully healthy, just not missing those key guys. And we be in the playoffs, which that'd be pretty remarkable. Being ten and seven and making the playoffs at the season that this was supposed to be. So, um, the a rebuilding year turns into nine and eight and barely missing the playoffs. I'm pretty happy about that.
0: Yeah i I was disappointed in the fact that that this team. I just I really enjoy watching it <laughs> always it was a little rough in the beginning of the year, but once Kenny got in there and especially with this winning streak going along, it just added that little extra, like it was even more fun. I'm like, I'm not ready to not watch this team next week. So that was just disappointing. Um, But if you look at the bigger picture, I think everything you said definitely does make sense. And uh, yeah, you can't look at injuries because every team has injuries. It's football. It just happens. Uh, But you know, even with Mitch, in there we should have been able to beat be the ravens that first time so that's just a little rough but uh let's talk uh i guess let's, let's shift gears i mean we talk about him every week but let's talk about kenny uh his overall 2022 performance uh he finished with a with more interceptions than than uh passing touchdowns not total touchdowns he did have more total touchdowns than interceptions. Uh,
2: wasn't it tied total to interceptions?
0: I believe, wasn't it seven uh, seven passing, three rushing, as opposed okay, to yeah. nine picks?
2: Six or seven, but yeah. So it would be 10 to nine.
0: Yeah, only turned the ball over once since week eight.
2: Since October.
0: Yeah, so that, that's really what you like to see. Um, but if, if you... I'll, I'll start with this. I guess you both can answer this question. Actually, I would like both of you to I would like both of you to answer it, not just you can, you, you're expected to. Uh, if you you know t- take yourselves back to that night in Oakland when uh, Kenny was drafted, and we were all ecstatic and uh, it, w- it was a great night If right after someone was able to go into the future and showed you the numbers. Uh, the record and how we got to that record, like the win streak at the end of the year, considering all that, you're not you're not able to see him play. You're just blind, blind the numbers and the win-loss and the schedule or whatever. How how would you, uh, I don't know what, what question I'm trying to pose. Would that be what do you expect to form him? Would you expect more? Uh, just using that kind of, uh, if you're able to look into the future type of thing, Hypothetical I just posed. Sorry, that was a wordy question, but I hope you guys no, can answer it.
1: You got it. Um, I think that was I'd I'd say that you told me to, so. You're saying just the stats. I'm not seeing. I'm not seeing like the like the comeback wins, the game winning drives, any of that stuff. I'm just seeing stats.
0: You can see the scores of the games too. Scores that? of
1: games, stats, total record, win streak, all that stuff. I would say, I would say pretty pretty expected. Um, someone who has the the pit bias mixed with the like somewhat like anti Steelers thing that we have going on here with the Eagles Steelers, like kind of rivalry thing. Somehow, um, I think with Kenny for me, I was cautiously optimistic just because obviously he had one of like the coolest season ever, senior season at Pitt. Um, and like making throws that i had never seen him make before and like making decisions that i would never seen him make before but there was still there was still that thought of i had already i had watched this guy the previous 3 years he would make those plays uh less frequently than senior season but he would make those plays where he'd be like oh wait there there could be something there but m- more often than not those first couple years it was plagued by a lot of what was that type of moments um i think that that's a hard like thought process to break through especially when you've seen it year after year and then you're like your last year there all of a sudden that all changes um but yeah like it's i kind of figured that there was going to be a little bit of a learning curve um so i think the numbers as a whole make sense obviously if you got to watch towards the end of the year i think the you know overall opinion right now would be a lot different, but in terms of just seeing the numbers, I would say pretty pretty accurate for what I would have kind of predicted. Especially considering that we kind of assume that he wouldn't be starting at the beginning of the year.
2: Um to go off of what Shref said I I think his his numbers are kinda like like statistically, I guess maybe comparable to the beginning of his college career. Um but the kind of uh, the intangible moments the clutch genie had throughout this season was like the flash of what he was at the end of Pitt like in his senior season so I think it was kind of a a mixture of both um, but leaning more towards what the end of his Pitt career because I mean that's just how time progressed like he just progressed into a good quarterback Um and he's uh, made myself obviously, and I think a lot of most Steelers fans excited for year two with him. I think all Steelers fans are excited for year two, honestly.
0: Yeah, I do think he really won people over. I, I'm not—he's obviously you can't please everyone. There's always going to be critics, so I'm not going to say he he won everyone over, but I think he won a lot of people over over the second half of the season. His first four to six games, people, there were definitely, a, it was definitely a mixed bag, um, but it's definitely shifted a little bit more in the positive light for him, I believe. Uh, to answer my own question, I, I think I would have been disappointed just looking at the numbers, but this is a really a case where I really think watching the games and watching him play really makes a difference for me. Uh, just, I mean, especially the, la- the last six, seven, eight games, I really felt, Confident that we had a chance to win every game because of him and not in spite of him. And I think that's a big difference. And the lack of turnovers, as I just mentioned a couple of minutes ago, I'm really happy about. And uh, I now have all the confidence in the world. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. It's a, yeah. So I'm, I don't know. I'm really, I'm really optimistic. I think we're a playoff team next year. And uh, I don't know. I don't think it's outlandish to say that at all. And that's it's. I'm really happy to say that after the start we had. You know, it, it was sad seeing mock drafts having us pick Jalen Carter at number three overall in uh, in late October. That was not a good scene. So uh, I'm
2: I believe just, that would happen. Like uh, talking to people saying like, "Oh, Steelers are." Like even when we were what, our lowest was two I, and six and we were I asked on here top if you five.
1: when you guys were gonna Yeah, I asked on here at one point when you guys if you guys were gonna take the mindset switch over to like
0: Embrace the tank.
1: And not maybe not embracing the tank, but like embracing like, oh, we might just be picking watch, top five. Yeah, like the like this just might not be good.
2: Right. I just well n
1: I even then, I mean, maybe it was just like
2: false confidence. I mean I guess it wasn't big be- false because it, totally wasn't. it happened. So like, there's just... I don't know. The Steelers and Mike Tomlin just won't end at the bottom. And, Mitchell, to answer your question in the beginning, which I really didn't, I agree with you, that looking at just the numbers and, like, not seeing the, what I said intangibles, I would also be disappointed, I guess. Um, but I also think the numbers... I mean, I know. The num- the numbers are so low. Because it's, it's a product of Matt Canada's offense. Um, yeah. So, I mean, hopefully... There's someone new calling plays or there's a drastic change in how he calls plays and how this offense is set up just so we can get the ball downfield quicker and operate faster. I mean, I do get where our identity, quote-unquote, is run first we We're a run heavy team. And the second half of the season, Najee and the run game in general, looked really good. So, like, it, that formula kind of works, but I just know Kenny and our the we, young weapons he has has that a uh, potential for this to be have more passing volume so i'd like to see that more next year
1: i, I gonna, sorry go ahead treff go ahead uh, yeah no i was just going to say like this kind of ties into the canada conversation which i'm sure you guys were going to get to anyway but the one thing that i was really impressed with with kenny was as he as he got later into the season you could tell he got not only more comfortable like in the system itself but also seemed to get a lot more comfortable playing outside of it we saw that in the Ravens game when the whole like the, the like like did the headset actually cut out or what actually happened like whatever with that but like a lot of a lot of his best throws this season i feel like have been those like out of set like kind of getting out of the pocket making an off balance throw like you could tell he just got a lot more comfortable within himself and the throws that he like knew that he could make so i think that i mean that that also clearly helped the offense cuz you guys said Broken record on here just the the play calling was just never very inventive and didn't allow you know to do much outside of what they had and you could just tell like kenny week by week just got a lot more confident in himself more than like the scheme and in it like a scheme as a whole i guess but but that's what i was most impressed with with him
0: yeah that's a that's a good answer and i do concur uh and i do also concur with what jack said of the sentiment of wanting Matt Kedega gone and bringing in a fresh face as I mean, I'm sure 95% of the Steelers fan base does. However, I am pessimistic that that will actually happen. I do think I get the sense that Tomlin wants continuity.
1: Can, he might and, his
2: job.
0: yeah, you could say that too. Uh, However, I did look it up. I think the Steelers still averaged 19 points per game over our the last seven games when we won six of seven. So I do think it is misleading. I know, yeah, Kenny was more... Ken, Kenny being adverse to turnovers and being, like, clutch in the fourth quarter as well as very stellar defensive play was obviously clearly what happened... What, made the winning streak happen uh but i just i think if i had to guess right now in september who's calling the plays i still think it's him just because i i i don't think like i said i think the number one factor is con- tomlin wants continuity and doesn't want kenny to have to go through that in his second season now we did say when we were discussing back when mitch was still playing quarterback. When Kenny will play, like will will Tomlin make a change mid game, like on a non bye week week, something like that. And I guess it's kind of unSteelers like to fire like a coach mid season like that, like a coordinator. However, this season had a lot of unprecedented things, and maybe next year will be the same. If maybe if things don't go well for the first month, the six games of the season, we'll see. Uh, we'll see someone else call the place. So, I don't know,
2: yeah, and I was getting that feeling today, um, and we uh I mean, as time goes on, like this is what's it called? It's called Black Monday when the coaches get fired, the Monday after week eighteen um like as time progresses past Monday, we're at Tuesday at time of recording, like it's less and less chance he will get fired, um, and like I know I've been saying I want him gone the whole year, but if Tomlin decides to bring him back for as Mitchell said like that continuity factor uh i'm going to i mean maybe it was just cuz i'm a fan of the steelers but i'm going to like i have like so much of a like a a blind confidence or i'll just follow Tomlin blindly that if he trust Canada for year 2 of Kenny not year 2 or i guess year 3 of Canada but um like if he if he brings Canada back, I have to believe that some things will change in the offense. So, like I'm I'm talking to myself into like him coming back again, the next year. It won't be the worst thing. Like I hope the offense is just revamped, and Kenny has input maybe. And I don't know. But again, I see I I could definitely see what uh your point that he may be back, which I agree. Right.
0: All right, Uh, I guess we can start to close things out by kind of looking ahead to 2023. If you're Omar Khan and you're looking at this team, we'll start with Shref. How would you you address, what would be your main priorities to accomplish in free agency and this upcoming draft, which is Khan's first draft uh, on his own?
1: Yeah. Um, I think, well, I think for draft purposes, especially, um, this is something that I feel like we're going to end up, uh, covering a little bit, uh, simply because of our talked about punishments for certain things. Um, well, well, but- yeah,
0: sorry, sorry but, but to interrupt you, but let me just preface that. Cause I don't know. I don't think we actually discussed it on the show cause we decided now, it after
2: hour. the show, I, I brought about it up. Right. It our-
0: <laughs> yeah. So, uh, shreff lost our uh picks for the regular season and if you've been following if you've been following the show for this year and last year the way we do things around here is the just the third place person in the regular season pick standings has to do a punishment and then the winner of the playoff pick series uh gets some type of prize so shreff came in last this year has not been his year whatsoever. Actually I have the uh let me just get the records real quick.
1: No, you don't have to no no no, it's fine. No,
0: <laughs> I think Shref was twenty and thirty-one. Yeah, it was I'm bad. It was real bad.
1: And uh, mixed in between, I, I I feel like every week there was at least one game where we had to like talk about it for like a minute or two because like it was it just wasn't it wasn't my year.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh I was first at twenty-five, twenty-three and two, Jack second at twenty-four and twenty-seven, and Shref at twenty and thirty-one. So uh, back to the punishment. So the, what we decided we're gonna have Shreff do is he's going to have to put together a scouting report for the top thirty tackles in this upcoming draft, and uh, we we thought you know it'd be good for the show. We're gonna be very well versed in the offensive tackles as a as a collective unit, and uh, it'll make our draft prep and mock draft shows better and more informative because usually we're just we just we kind of limited knowledge of the offensive lineman for the most part uh so this this will probably be helpful uh and I, even for shreff we thought you know he may enjoy it for the first 10 to 15 but as he gets down the list it's going to become more of a, a chore as opposed to something he wants to do so that's the punishment and it's got to be a full scouting report he's got to write uh strengths, weaknesses and I forget we had a couple other, you know, comp. sections of player comp. Yeah, that too. Yeah. So, yeah. So look forward to that in, in in the next few months, Hogline Nation. So if you if you're looking, if your team is looking at tackle, which the Steelers may be, that's kind of how we got into this conversation here. Come to the Hogline podcast for uh, your
1: guy.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, for all that information. So, uh, so anyway, back to the original question at hand. If you're the Steelers GM, what are you looking to do in free agency on the draft? You kind of preface it with maybe looking at tackle.
1: Yeah. So I think, I think tack, I'd like for me, the overall thought process, I think going into this off season should be uh, assuming that ever, that the Steelers front office is thinking the same thing that most people are thinking, which is, it seems like Kenny, Kenny's the guy. He's the guy. If he's the guy, we got it. We got to build. They did a very good job by giving him George Pickens, who, I mean. Could, we could have a thirty-minute episode on him alone. That guy, that guy's real. That guy's real cool. Um, so they've so they've started to lay that foundational work. I think getting a tackle that you believe could be like your bookend guy for the foreseeable future that can kind of grow with Kenny, be that like rock that you need. Give him that. I think another receiver probably wouldn't be a bad idea. Maybe earlier on in the draft. Um, obviously Pickens seems like he's a, a star in the making. Uh, Deontay is still a good receiver but I'm sure you guys would agree, you know, a little a little spotty sometimes. Um and Steven Sims, so I don't know all that much about, but I like if I had to guess, I'd assume that you guys wouldn't be like completely opposed to bringing another guy into that room. Um especially with the Steelers' history of drafting receivers, definitely not a bad idea to do that. But yeah, I think the overview for me this off season is is how how can we put Kenny in the best position to succeed? The the defense is something that I feel like as long as as long as TJ's out there, I think that, that TJ and Cam, I think that defense is going to continue to do what they what they normally do. So um, I'm in, I'm I'm putting my all my all my eggs into the Kenny basket. That's what I'm doing.
0: Yeah, that's a it's a good answer. You got, definitely have to support your young quarterback, and you know not only in the draft but be aggressive in free agency when you're. Uh, under the rookie contract for a quarterback, that's probably the biggest luxury in sports. Uh, but Jack, I'll pose the same question to you. What, what's your first uh, instinct to do, kind of, with free agency and the draft? Uh,
2: well, start with free agency, and we do have that luxury that we're we have our quarterback under a rookie contract. It's not as big of a luxury for the Steelers because we have. Three massive contracts on defense with uh, T.J. Minka and Cam, and we also have uh, Deontay pre- paid pretty handsomely as well. But regardless, we do have some money to spend. Um, yeah, I, just, I I just sorry I just looked it up. We
0: are fifteenth uh, in cap space now. Okay, yeah.
2: So that's what I thought. Like right around the middle of the pack. could do some damage with that, right? Um, I mean, it all depends who's available and at the right price, of course. Um, in my head, I'm kind of uh, would like if we, cause we have a hole at a middle linebacker. Devin Bush hasn't worked out. Um, yeah. Spillane has been the de- okay, like decent. Uh, whatever. We then Miles Jack, he uh, isn't living up to the contract we gave him. He's been okay. We could use another guy in the middle. Um, and I'm kind of a PTSD of like drafting another middle linebacker like Devin Bush and whiffing on him again. Um I kinda like the idea of and Terrell Edmonds advocated for it to bring in Tremaine Edmonds, his brother. And uh, Terrell Edmonds is another guy we need to re sign and I would like if we could get them both on a discount if they really want to play together. That'd be that's just a cool thought I had today. Um so maybe uh, address that need through free agency um and then with those top three picks we have we have pick 17 32 and 48 yeah <laughs> <you> <laughs> so right. right um i would like us to do like we need to get uh, a new cornerback like a, a true number one or like a lockdown yeah. cornerback um an offensive tackle would help a lot in pass protection because Dan Moore is awful in pass protection. The O-line in general, I've said it to Mitchell, I think, but like we've... And I said it in the beginning of this episode. like We improved tremendously in the run game in our offensive line. Our offensive line um, has been healthy the entire year. Our, our core starting five has played like 99.5% of snaps. I uh, see that. So... And that helped a lot, just getting that chemistry down for the rush game. So we've been good at run blocking, but path protection, we still need some help. So to add a, a tackle would be ideal for that um, to do through the draft. And then with the other pick, we need to get some depth in the defensive line. Uh, Cam Hayward's still really, really good, but he's getting up there in age, so we need to look towards the future a little bit and just get a, a solid piece for the future and to contribute now, too. Um, so those are probably the three areas we need most, uh, I'd say, with those three picks and free agency. I guess I named four if I did corner, O-line, defensive line, middle linebacker. But uh, for wide receiver, of course, another receiver would help. Um, the Steelers are so good at drafting receivers that getting one in the middle rounds wouldn't be a war- bad idea. But also, That's
1: what I thought. I, I, I wasn't thinking right off the bat, but I think right. drafting at least one would probably be a, a smart idea.
2: But we also get Calvin Austin back next year, uh, our rookie this year out of Memphis, who missed the whole season. Like they were, he got hurt in OT eight, or not OT. He's in just in camp, um, and it was like kind of up in the air. He may come back, but then the window closed. So then he was just kind of this is a lost season for him. But. If he's back and healthy next year, that could add a whole new element to our offense because he's insanely fast, can really stretch the field, and he looked good in camp before he got hurt. So I'm excited for him. It's kind of a under the radar guy, um, but I'm very excited for this offseason. I mean i I said it to Tim today, and this is, of course, an optimistic fan talking, but it's not out of the realm of possibility for us to be the fourth best team in the conference with above us being the Bills... I'm talking about next year, too. B- Bills, Chiefs, and Bengals. And the Bengals, I think, are very underrated. I think they should be more talked about in the conversation with the Bills and the Chiefs because they've beaten both. Or, not the Bills, but whatever. They're up there. I think they should be pretty much in the same breath as those other two. And the Steelers, I mean, because it's a divisional opponent and we see them so often, it's a rivalry, but the Steelers can beat them. We split with them this year and we're competitive in both games, so... Um. Yeah, Mitchell, what do you what do you got?
0: Yeah, I, I, I do think you've won me over in terms of looking at. So, I mean, I'm, I'm talking about our first round pick, our 17th overall pick at the moment. I think I'd lean toward definitely addressing tackle. Obviously, you have to see how the draft plays out, and we're still several months away, so a lot's going to change, and you have to see how the Picks beforehand play out, but I think I'd probably lean tackle there, just because you, you 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 do bring up a good point of our historical strength of finding value in the in the middle rounds at receiver. However, it's tough because the free agent class at receiver is really bad. I don't know if you guys have.
1: have uh, yeah. I have noticed this. I free agent when I was thinking receiver form. I don't I, I don't know if any of them are worth it. Like Juju's the best by far. You know? Yeah, Juju, like, I don't. I'm. I'm. I'm not backing up the the Brinks truck for him. I'm not. I'm not giving him too much. I don't think.
2: Juju, I said it to someone, would have been like the perfect safety yeah. blanket in this offense, yeah. honestly. Oh, yeah. Um, but I mean, I don't know if that could work out to bring him back. Yeah. Anyway,
0: it's, it's some really the names aren't good. You're looking at Juju, who is a solid receiver, but. If he's the number one in the class, I I think that's that's an issue. Uh, Alan Lazard, who... Do you guys see that, by the way, what Alan Lazard said? Yeah. Crazy. That was really weird.
2: Not no player insider. does that.
0: Yeah, he was very candid that, like, this is my last game in Green Bay as a Packer. So, very weird situation. But I think if you are going to look at receiver, I think it would be more make more sense to look in the second round, potentially, or third. So... It'll certainly be an interesting offseason, season, and uh, I don't know. I'm just I'm I'm really excited for the draft now. I know that the season's over. I know we still got the playoffs. I know our Steelers aren't in it, but yeah, it, it's just it's a good time. It's a good time. The playoffs are right here. And um, if you haven't listened to that episode, which will already be out by the time this episode is out, please sure please sure to check that out. Uh, we have our wild card preview and our picks there. And, uh, we decided the prize for that one is just going to be cold, hard cash, uh, 50, 50 bucks each to the winner. So that's going to be our prize for, um, for the, for the winner of our playoff pick, uh, segment. So anything else before we, uh, close out the episode today? I mean, disappointing at the end that we couldn't get in, but, uh, I I think overall, I think it, it exceeded most people's expectations future looks promising thank you Mm -hmm. all right thanks for listening folks um be sure to follow us on instagram at hogland podcast and yeah have a good one if your team's in the playoff good luck uh except if you're the Eagles, sorry chef uh and uh
2: yeah go football see you
1: Peace.